0: What does it mean to wait on God? All of us that have walked with God have to wait on God. That's just the way it is. God always puts those things into your life. God wants to grow you. And in order to grow you, one of the tools he uses is he makes you wait. He gives you things that you desperately want, maybe even need. And that you need them right now. And he says, I want you to wait. I want you to wait. King David in Psalm 62 is waiting to become king. He's been told he's going to be king. Uh, He's on the run from Saul, and he's waiting, and he's got much to teach us about this uh, area of waiting in our lives. Because what happens to us is we wait, and we wait, and we get weary, and we effectively just hang up. Do you ever get stuck on the phone? You stick on the phone, you ring through, you get through to the service. Somebody says, oh, yes, and it sounds so bright and so hopeful. Let me put you through. And she puts you through, and the music plays and plays and plays and plays. And finally, you're, you're there, and you're wondering, you know, should I just hang up? And finally, you hang up. That's, that's what happens to us with God. You know, we ask God for something. We, we come to God with a need in our hearts, and um, God doesn't deliver. And so what we do is we, we make it happen ourselves. And we bring havoc into our lives when we do, don't we? Have you been there? Have you done that? Have you actually made it happen for yourself and and, and found yourself uh, in a pickle because you're supposed to wait? Now, really, when God tells you to wait, you need to understand this is part of the plan. Somebody said that waiting, by the way, is not just being passive. Waiting is aggressively doing what God tells you to do. When he tells you to do it, but not moving apart from God's direction. Not moving apart from God telling you what to do and showing you what to do. Right, so it's it's tough for us because you know we, we want to make things happen. You know, we, we want to step out and do it. We want to bend the rules. We you know, we're clever. Uh, we, we we want to step in and do something that's going to make it happen, but when God's saying, wait, we need to wait. All right? Look at me, at Psalm 62. We're going to read the first eight verses of it. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation. Key issue for us when it comes to waiting is him. We've got to understand that it's he's the only one that can deliver us in it. Sometimes God has to put us into harder and harder places until we really learn that he's the only one that can deliver us. Remember, God doesn't want you trusting in somebody else or something else to deliver you. He wants you trusting in him. He doesn't mind using other people in your life, but he wants you trusting in him. Remember, God is jealous of us, and he wants us looking to him. He wants us depending upon him. So when you're depending upon something else and looking to something else, uh, uh, that's going to be a problem. From him cometh your salvation. We've got to get that one in our heads and in our hearts. Uh, Verse 2, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You should be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly, Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Sila. That's about for prayer. Father, would you bless us, Lord? Uh, Lord, we need to hear from you. We need your word. Now, Lord, would you move in the midst of your people, Lord? And would you just lay hold upon us today in Jesus' precious name? Amen. Uh, God makes us wait in all kinds of areas in our lives. He makes us wait for a life plan. You know, we we want to move ahead with our lives, but we don't know where to go. He makes us wait for marriage. He makes us wait for babies. By the way, it's interesting that when you see somebody waiting for a baby in the Bible, it's always God. It's always a God thing. You know, we're never told it's a medical problem. We're always told it's a God thing. You know, that that, that God is doing something in the situation. Uh, He makes us wait for healing. Uh, he makes his wait for the salvation of a loved one. He makes his wait on <clears throat> on, on, on finance, financial areas. God has an ability to make us wait. He has the ability to put his finger on you and just make you wait. You know. And what happens for us when we're waiting is, you know, we, we tend to rise in faith sometimes and then we go down again, don't we? And then we, then we maybe rise up in faith and we go, go down again. Now, the the, the the difficulty for us is this, that when we're in the trough... When we're in the place where, you know, we're, um, can't see God in the situation at all, can't see any good in this situation, can't see, we are liable to make something happen and often do. And we make something happen and the something that we make happen is not what God wants for us and it causes us, uh, trouble. So <clears throat> God uses making us wait. Now, what we got to understand is before we go anywhere else with this, God has a purpose in making you wait. God has not just forgotten about you. God is not just kind of you know you're you're on the you're in the system you know you've 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 been put in the system and God has forgotten about that doesn't happen to us. God has a purpose in making you a. God is intimately aware of everything that's going on in your life today. All right, listen. The very hairs of your head are counted. He knows how many hairs are in your head. You brushed your hair this morning, I hope, right? Uh, listen, some of those hairs came out. There had to be a recount. God is intimately acquainted with what's going on in your life today. God knows exactly where you are. There's no such thing as a God uh, who really doesn't know what's going on with me right now. He is very much aware of what's going on in my life right now. He knows exactly where I'm at, and he has a plan in my life. He's he's taking and he's doing stuff to work things out in my life. God is not <clears throat> just 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 letting things roll by. He wants to make me like Jesus. I mean, <clears throat> that's his plan. That's what he's doing. That's where he's going. He wants to make you like Jesus. He's not going to stop short of that. He's going to work to make you like Jesus. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you realize he's going to be at that work till Jesus comes? He's going to continue to try and make you like Jesus. So, you know, in a sense, that doesn't mean how, that doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how far you go. It doesn't matter how Christ-like you get. He's always going to be pushing you a little bit further. He's always going to be working. And one of the tools that He's going to use in your life is going to be this nasty area of waiting. God makes us wait. And you have to know this too. <clears throat> took me a long time to get get get, get this one on my head. God is more interested in the work he is doing on you than the work you are doing for him. Don't we tend to get it back to front? We tend to focus on what we're doing for God. Right? <clears throat> we are going to serve God. We are saved and we're going to serve God. And we're cross-purposes there with God because what God is focused on, God's focused on you, on making you like his son. He's focused on sculpting you, on changing you so that you look like jesus and what you're going to do for him is almost by the side do you understand that that god can take anyone and use them to do whatever he wants to there's that dreadful occasion in the bible when god takes a dumbass and he uses the dumb ass to speak to the prophet by the way that's that's um uh, that that there's an irony in that that you've got a donkey speaking to a prophet there's an irony irony in there purposefully because God can take and use anything He wants to accomplish His will. You know, He's not stuck uh, to you. We tend to we tend to get to the place where we feel, you know, what God's kind of dependent on me. He's never dependent upon me. All right? <clears throat> God is going to do what He wants to do, and what He's going to do though is He's going to work on people. See, we kind of consider God to be a global God in the sense that you know, what well, He's working with everybody. So He's not working specifically with me. He's working on everybody. But the truth is, God's an individual God. God works on individuals. God works on us one by one. It's an amazing Jesus plan for, for, for conquering the world <clears throat> for, for the Father. He picked 12 men, and he worked on the 12 men. Now, he preached to, to crowds, and he preached to thousands and so on. But listen, he focused upon 12 men. He's always focusing on people. He's always focused individually. So God's going to do a work in your life, and He's going, He's He's more interested in the work He's doing on you than the work He's doing through you. Let's look at some verses that help us here with this idea of faith. Look at Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. And not only so. But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Right? So patience, making us wait, uh, is part of God's plan. And it's a good thing. He says we should glory in tribulation, because tribulation worketh patience in us, works this ability to wait. You know, somebody said that the only way to enlarge your faith is to make it longer in the sense that you can wait longer on God. You know, how do you make somebody trust more? Well, you can't make them trust more. You just make them trust longer. So when God's going to enlarge your faith, when God's going to do a work in your life as far as faith is concerned, what he's going to do is he's going to make you wait. But he's going to build your faith in doing it. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11. Romans 1 verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Patience is a mark of strength in a Christian. He wants to make us strong, but strong unto patience, strong unto this ability to wait. Strong under this ability to actually <clears throat> look in his face and wait for him to do it, even when we're struggling, even when it's not happening, even when we're, we're feeling like it's not, not going to happen. He wants to make us strong through that. That's his plan. That's his purpose. Look at James chapter 1. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Do You know, God works patience in your life to make you mature, that you may be perfect, mature, and entire, wanting nothing. You see, here's the thing. We don't like waiting. If I were to go through, if you were to go through your prayer list this morning, <clears throat> you know it's interesting how long God makes you wait on things. Some things He makes you wait long, long time on. And what happens very often when we're waiting is we give up, don't we? You know, we'll we pray for Say, Listen, pray for for a month—that's a long time. You know, well, I've been praying for it. I'm bored praying for it now. He's not doing it. He's obviously not going to do it, and so so I stop praying for it. Right? But. God wants you to continue on praying. God wants you to continue on looking in his face. God wants you to continue waiting on him for it. And you see, prayer is the expression of I'm waiting on you. Prayer does not always need to be long. You know, since you're praying for three hours about something and you've kind of gone all around it and talked talked to everything that you know about the situation. Sometimes prayer can be said, Lord, you know this? I'm still waiting on you to do this. I'm depending upon you, Lord, to do it. Right? And that in your heart, you're still waiting, you're still depending. And that's what prayer can be sometimes. You're, you're depending upon God to do it. But understand this, that God's going to make you wait. <clears throat> now, next problem for us is what he does is he makes us wait in areas that are hard for us. Wouldn't you wish he would make you wait in an area that's kind of easy? Wouldn't you wish that you could choose the area he's going to make you wait in? But what would be the point of that? You see, making you wait is the connecting point, and it's different for everyone. And by the way, uh, if you're walking with God and praying and seeking his face, I guarantee you, you're waiting on something. There's something that, you know, is a frustration to you because you're waiting on God for it. You know, waiting is part of what God does to make us like Jesus. Don't give up. Don't quit. Let me give you some examples from the Old Testament. Noah. I mean, Noah astounds me. I can't conceive of 120 years, never mind building a boat and waiting for God to bring the rain for 120 years. That's what Noah did. And, I mean, Noah didn't know where the boat was going. He didn't know um, uh, how, how boats floated. All he was doing was just doing what God told him to do for 120 years. He was laughed at. He was scoffed. He was mocked at. But he didn't care. Noah waited upon God. What about Job? Job lost everything. He came to the place where uh, his wife said to him, why don't you just wake up, curse God, and die? It's all over for you. Obviously, you got it wrong. Obviously, somehow you messed up. You'd be better off dead. You know, know, it'd be a mercy if you were taken out of this life. That's how bad it was. She wasn't just being callous. I mean, she was looking at him and saying, listen, this is too much. You'd be better off dead. What about Abraham? Waiting 25 years for Isaac. 25 years? I mean, that's a long time. And I wouldn't mind if he was waiting 25 years from the time he was 15. But he was waiting 25 years from the time he was 75. No son, no heir, nobody to move it forward. He, He did actually kind of get to the place where, you know, where between him and Sarah, they decided, let's help God out. Man, did they cause trouble. Why <laughs> did they cause trouble? They really caused trouble by helping God out, didn't they? So it's not good for you to help God out when he's got your waiting. That, that's not going to help you or help or help anyone. But <clears throat> Abraham had to wait. Um, <clears throat> Abraham had to wait beyond waiting. The Bible talks about hoping against hope. He had to get to the place where it was impossible, where there was no way. I mean, Sarah was done having babies. <laughs> there was no way. It was impossible. It wasn't going to happen now. He had to get to the place where it was beyond possible. And then what God did was God stepped in and God did it because Abraham was waiting. Now, we look at that and we say, you know, listen, it would have been so much easier if God had just given him a baby to start off with. But do you know what? God had a purpose in making Abraham wait. Listen, God could have given him Isaac like that any step along the way. But God had a plan. God had a purpose. God was going to make a man God was going to make a man that was going to make a nation. And part of what he did was he made him wait. What about Joseph? As a teenager, he was sold into slavery, and uh, somewhere in his 30s, he emerges in Pharaoh's uh, palace. What happened in the meantime? He waited, and he waited, and he waited. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us, but there must have been days when Joseph got up and said, this is never going to happen. I'm in this prison. I'm going to die in this prison must have been days when uh, him being human, uh, he must have thought, it's impossible now. But if Joseph hadn't waited upon God, if Joseph hadn't kept coming back to the place of faith, by the way, it's interesting that it says about Abraham that he staggered not at the promise. You know what? He came back, and he came back, and he came back, and Joseph came back, and Joseph was in faith. What about Moses? Right? Moses raised in Pharaoh's palace, a man to be reckoned with, ready to free the nation of Israel, murders a man and goes on the run. And he's in the desert for 40 long years. You know, I don't know what it's like to be 80, but I, I would think by the time I'm 80, I won't really be dreaming of my glorious future anymore. Unless my glory, it's my glorious future in heaven that I'm dreaming of. Moses is 80 years old. Hasn't been much of a glorious life. You know, it started really well, looked really good. But he's a failure now. And he's out in the desert. And you know what? Interesting in the story for Moses, Moses gets to the place where he's happy enough in the desert. He basically tells God, would you not find somebody else to do this thing? I'm happy here. Just leave me to my sheep. But here's the deal. Moses spends 80 years preparing for the next 40 years and what he's going to do. And you know what? There's not a greater than prophet than Moses recorded in the Bible. Moses is the great. And it all happens at that point when we would think, listen, it's done. You see, God makes us wait for a purpose. God works things out in our lives. Now, Now, let's make two observations about waiting. First of all, waiting is the rule, not the exception. Some people don't get fast-tracked, you know what I mean? They get everything, you know. <clears throat> sometimes we look at other people and we think, oh, yeah, well, they got it all easy. But that's not the truth. Waiting is what God does in people's lives. It's the rule. God is going to make you wait. That's, that's just the way it is. You don't need to worry about anybody else. You just need to understand God is going to make you wait. He's going to make everybody wait. Uh, <clears throat> that's just the way it is. My <clears throat> Secondly, Waiting is resting in him, not worrying. You know, <clears throat> we have a hard time with that, don't we? You're know, waiting on God and there's those glorious days when we've been in the Bible and we've, you know, we've embraced a promise in the Bible and we, and we rise up in faith and we think, yes, God's going to do it. I don't know when, I don't know how, but God's going to do it and we're, we're strong in faith. And then there's those days we get up in the clouds of kind of sitting on our heads and, and we're thinking, it's impossible. Can't see God, can't see hope, can't see anything, and it looks like it's impossible. See, waiting is trusting, it's depending upon him, it's looking to him in it. Now, God knows our hearts, God understands where we're at, God knows, you know, how weak we are. And obviously God doesn't, you know, uh, destroy us because uh, we doubt, but real waiting is trusting. I'm depending upon him to do it. Waiting is not resignation. Well, whatever happens, happens, I don't care. That's not waiting. Waiting is depending upon him. Lord, I am trusting you. I am trusting you to do the best in this situation. I know this, though, God, you're not going to leave me like this. I know you're going to do what's best for me. Waiting is trusting him. Now, back to Psalm 62. David says, truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation, he only is my rock and my salvation, he is my defense, I shall not be greatly moved. Do you ever kind of get the feeling from from David's Psalms that that what he's writing is not what he's feeling, what he's writing is what he knows is true, because he knows if he writes it down, it'll help him feel it. I think David does that sometimes. I think there are times when David is looking at the situation and he's saying, you know what, this is is difficult, this is impossible, this is hard. But he writes something that he knows is true. In other words, he boldly declares his faith in the face of how things look. That's good for you to learn to do. It's good for you to learn to trust him, for you to learn to declare your trust in him when you're waiting, for you to come to the place where you decide, listen, I am going to trust him. See, the Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Um, and we need to, we need to trust him even when we can't see it. And we need to declare it. I find the Psalms so helpful as far as faith is concerned. Because, you know, you read them and you read David's situations and, and then you say, you know what? He had it worse. And yet it came out for him. And that's what the Old Testament's written for. It's written to admonish us, to encourage us in God. Right. Now, what are you going to trust him for? Well, trust him to direct your steps. You see, here's the thing. When we're on a journey of faith, when we're waiting on God, we want to be able to see the end, don't we? We want to be able to look at it and say, okay, here's how it's going to work out. Whatever it is I can take it once I know what's going to happen. I'll just build myself up. And I... But God doesn't do that. You know, God doesn't show you where it's all going to work out. He just says, trust me. Um, Proverbs three, five and six says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He's going to direct your path. He's going to actually show you the way to go. It's a bit like this, right? one of the frustrating things uh, about a GPS and I absolutely love them they are so so helpful They take so much of the stress uh, out, out of driving is but one of the most frustrating things about it is that you can 't actually see the end of the road you see if I have my map and I open my map up I can actually trot, you know plot my course okay heres i 'm going to go this road this road this road and i 'm going to end up in Limerick but when i when i plug in my GPS and put the, put the number into it where I'm going and someone shows me this, this little picture and then I press go and it tells me the next road to go on. And then it tells me the next road to go on. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't always trust it. In fact, I found it to be wrong a couple of times, you know. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I have a problem with this little GPS thing that's, that's telling me where to go. And, you know, it's difficult for me just to follow it because I think, you know what, what if it doesn't know where Limerick is? What if it takes me to Donegal? I'm going to be in real trouble here, you know. And, and it, it, it's easy to distrust the GPS, isn't it? Now, hang on a minute. What you've got to do with the GPS is follow it step by step. That's the only way it's going to help you. Listen, that's what God says. God says, follow me just take the next step just just take the next turn just do that I'll, I'll direct your steps you trust in me and I'll direct your steps now listen God knows how to get you there amen, amen. listen he knows he's, he's he's got you down he knows your number he knows how to get you there he even knows where to get you to you don't you see here's the thing when we're waiting on God we want we want to pick the end point and say so this is where I want to go This is is what I want. This is what I've always wanted. I want want to go to this point. But, you know, the truth about it is that, you know, listen, you don't know that's the best place for you to be. You don't know if that's the right place for you to go. God wants you to trust him and let him lead you to the best place for you. Ah, you see, this trust issue is great. Now, look, we understand that God knows how to get us there. And, you know, if we sit down and think about it, we, we, we all admit God knows best. He knows a better place for me to be. He knows He knows the where to get me to as well as the how to get me there. What I need to do is I need to trust him. I need to trust in him and let him direct my paths. Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to let you lead me and I'm going to follow you step by step by step. I'm not going to grab control of the wheel and decide, listen, this is not working. You don't know where you're going. Let's go a different direction. What I'm going to do is I'm going to trust God and I'm going to go with him step by step. And the Bible says, he shall direct thy path. That's a promise. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart, if I lean not on my own understanding, if I acknowledge him in all my ways, he says, I will lead you. And he will lead me in the right way to the right place. But I got to wait on him. And waiting is hard for us, right? Uh, Waiting is hard for us. You know, listen, uh, to be honest with you, I know that in my life there are times when I have frustrated what God wanted to do in my life because I was focused on where I wanted to go. I've had so many plans that I wanted to accomplish in my life that weren't God's plans, and God said, wait. And he's kind of sidelined me in those areas uh, 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 until he could actually do what he wanted me to do. And the, the house we're in right now, one of the things that I set out to look for was a house that I could fix up because I thought it would be cheaper, and it would be a better idea, uh, and so on. <clears throat> now, you know, when we bought the house we are in, we didn't have to even put a, any paint on the walls. It was just right for us to move in. we've done some stuff with it since then. But we did not have to change anything around in the house to move into it. We just moved straight into it. I never imagined something like that. You know what I forgot when I was looking for a house to fix up? I forgot that I don't have the time to fix it up. <clears throat> you know, I forgot that I don't, I don't have that kind of time. Now, God knew and he directed my path you see god does that and you know sometimes he leads you to a place and you say is this it but you know what he knows best and when you go there with him what you'll say is you know what this is it this is the best place god's knows are as much a blessing as his yeses in our life. When God says to you no, that's not what we're going to do. That's as much a blessing to us as Him saying yes to us. Because God is leading us. He is going to direct our path. We need to let Him direct. This it's kind of foolish for me to have a GPS in the front of the car and keep second guessing it all the time. Isn't it? I mean, either you go by your map or you go by the GPS, but you can't go by both. You know, you can't you can't actually have both of it going side by side. You need to do one or the other. You know what? For Christians, we're going halfway by our own understanding and halfway by his leading, and we're going nowhere. We need to trust in the Lord and let him direct our paths. Secondly, realize that he is in control. <clears throat> Philippians 1.6 says, being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you know that God has a plan for your life? You know, listen, if you went to build a house, what you'd do is you go to an architect, you'd have an architect draw plans. They'd be very detailed plans. And the, you know, and the, the uh, planning department would have to pass it and everything else, you know. And, but they'd be very detailed. This is how the house is to be built. These are the materials that you were to use. This is the depth of the foundation. This is the strength of the concrete. These are the walls. Uh, these are the inner walls. And it would be very detailed because the architect would have envisaged an end product, and drawing you a picture of it, perhaps, as you could see what was, what was going to actually turn out at the end of it. God has a plan for your life. He really does. God has a plan for your life. Listen, he has a plan of how he wants to take you, where he wants to take you, and what he wants to do in your life. You know, He's not just haphazardly touching off your life every time you annoy him. He's actually got a plan that he's working out in your life. A good and acceptable and perfect plan romans 12 2 tells us god's got a plan for your life so listen you need to understand that listen god has a plan i'm going to trust him secondly you need to wait in confidence um, Isaiah i say 40 verse 31 says but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint When you wait upon the Lord, listen, he's going to renew your strength. He's going to uh, have you mount up on wings as eagles. He's going to take care of you. So listen, when you're waiting, you can afford to trust what he's doing in your life. You can afford to depend upon him, wait in confidence. Listen, he never gets it wrong. God never gets it wrong. Do you understand that, that if you have the joy today of being his child, he is not going to get it wrong in your life? Now, you can stand off from him, you can frustrate him, you can hold back his plan for you. But listen, God's got a plan for your life, and he's working out that plan in your life. You can trust him to work it out. All right. And you say, but listen, I'm fed up waiting. And right now, I just made a decision, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to step out and do something and make something happen. And you're, you're, you're fed up waiting. Well, let me give you some reasons why you should wait. First of all, taking things into your own hands will deny you God's best. Always. What you do is, if you cut God out of it, what you've done is you become proud. And the Bible says God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. And the moment you say, Look, I can't wait anymore, I'm going to do my own thing, and you step out from under what God wants for you, you know what happens? You come to the place where listen you're going to you're not going to get God's best. You know, I love the story in First Samuel thirteen. Uh, Saul has waited seven days for Samuel to come <clears throat> to, to, to pray, be, be, offer sacrifice before they actually go into battle against the Philistines. It's a tough week. The, you know, the army are leaving. They're looking at the Philistines, and they're getting terrified, and they're leaving. And he waits seven days. And on the seventh day, Saul takes it upon himself, who was a king and not a priest, to offer the sacrifice. And he offers the sacrifice. And if you look at the account, it's almost as though he's just done offering the sacrifice. And around the corner comes Samuel. And Samuel says, what have you done? And if he'd waited just a few more minutes, you know what? Samuel would have been there. But because he didn't wait, that's the first reason that he lost his kingdom. Listen, whenever you take things in your own hands, you deny yourself God's best. Secondly, if it's right for you, God will give it to you in his time. Right? The Bible says, for the Lord our God is a Son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. That's a promise. <clears throat> no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. What does that mean? That means if it's good for you, God will give it to you. He's not going to withhold something good from you. He's not going to hold it back for you. If it's good for you, he's going to give it to you. Now listen, the problem with that is that if it's not good for you, he's not going to give it to you no matter how much time you spend uh, crying out to him for it. If it's good for you, God's going to give. So you say, well, look, hang on a minute. How could this not be good for me? I don't know. But you know what? I know that God does. God knows best. God knows what's good for you and what's not good for you. God knows what would be a help to you and what would not be a help to you. And when God holds back on something, even though your heart may fully engage and you may fully want it and you may desperately need it and you may have all these reasons why you should have it, listen, when God says, no, it's a better plan. God's plan is always a better plan. Now, that's hard for us. It's hard for us because we get emotionally involved in things, don't we? You know, we 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 say the ladies get emotionally involved, but the guys get emotionally involved too. You know, listen here. You know, you you go into a buy a car, you sit in the car, you smell the newness of the car, you smell the leather, you smell everything, and so on. You know what? You have an emotional connection with the car. That's what the salesman was working towards. By the way, he was working towards getting you to have an emotional connection with it. He he was working on that, uh, then uh on actually achieving that with you. Now they don't do it here, but in America, what they will do is they will say to you, look, why don't you take it home for the weekend? And so you drive home in this car for the weekend and you drive your family around in it and the neighbors all see the car and on Monday morning you're really going to drive it back and give them back the keys. You know What happens is we get emotionally involved in things. We get emotionally involved in our plans and it's hard for us to take our hands off them and say, okay, Lord, you know best. But we got to do that. And God teaches us to do that. God teaches us to take our hands off and say, listen, it's okay because... <clears throat> If it's good for me, God will give it to me. I don't have to make it happen. Right? <clears throat> Number three, failure to wait often results in shipwreck. You see, here's the problem for us. You know, listen, we're waiting on God, and we're waiting on God, and we're waiting on God, and all of a sudden we said, listen, I can't wait on him any longer. I've waited long enough. I'm going to make this happen. And we step out, and we make something happen, and it's a failure because God's not in it because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble and, and, he, and he stands against us in it and we think, you know what, God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me and we go AWOL spiritually. Listen, it often happens. You know, somebody, because they wouldn't wait on God in a certain area, they, they waited for a long time, they made a made a dumb choice in the end, God gets blamed. You know, God gets blamed for a whole bunch of stuff and if you listen carefully enough, couldn't have been God. You know, But people blame God on all kinds of things in their lives. No, listen... What happens is, you make a wrong choice, you jump the wrong way. The enemy puts pressure on you. By the way, always remember this, you've got to do it now, it's probably the enemy. God's not, God's not making you do it right now. God's not putting pressure on you, you've got to do it right now. And it's probably the enemy if you've got to do it right now. But the enemy likes to push you and pressurize you and, and make you do something and make you do it right now. <clears throat> um, listen, if God puts you on hold, wait for him. You say, how long? As long as it takes. As long as it takes with God. Don't make something happen for yourself. God's got a good plan for your life. The Lord Jesus Christ plans to make you like himself. And he plans to take you to glory with honors. Not by the skin of your teeth, with honors. He plans to take you to heaven uh, and, and to give you rewards. But you know what? You've got to wait on him. you got to trust him you got to trust him when, when the going gets tough. you got to trust him when it seems dark. you got to trust him when it doesn't seem to be working out. When you get it wrong, you've got to come back and confess it and get it right. <clears throat> when you were trusting him for something that obviously wasn't his will, you need to come back and say, Lord, I got it wrong. And keep on going with him. You see, God has a plan for everybody in this room. He has a plan for your life. It's a much bigger plan than you can see. He has a plan that he wants to work out in your life and if you will walk with him and if you will wait on him and if you will let him set things up in you and around you, he will achieve something in your life and you will say, thank you, Lord. Because the Bible says <clears throat> that God is a faithful rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Nobody's going to come to the end of their life and say, well, you know what? I've followed God all my life and look what I got for it absolutely, that's, the, that, that's a devil's lie if there ever was one. Listen, you follow God, you depend upon God, you walk with God, you look to Him. Listen, you get it wrong and you pick yourself up and you go on again. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find, listen, He's got a great life for me. This is the life. But you have to wait on Him. And remember, when you fail to wait on Him, you bring all kinds of trouble in your life. Abraham was a great man. Abraham was a wonderful man. Abraham is the, you know, the character we look to as far as faith is concerned. But Abraham had a moment. Ab- Abraham had a moment. Abraham had a, a, a Hagar moment led by Sarah and he birthed an Ishmael. And Ishmael was a torment to Abraham and continues to be a torment to the children of Abraham to this day. And you know what? When you birth an Ishmael to help God along, you know what happens? You're going to bring trouble in your life. Wait on God. Just depend upon Him. Let Him work it out. Wait on God. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank You for this day. Thank You, Lord, for Your goodness to us. We do thank You, Lord, for Lord revealing Your way to us in Your Word. And Lord... I would doubt that there's one in here that really wouldn't rather be like Jesus. But oh, bless the Spirit of the living God. Lord, we have a hard time waiting. And Lord, we jump the gun. And Lord, we go our own way. And Lord, we get our lives all in a tangle and all in a mess because we do it. Lord, if there's one here today, Lord, who needs to trust you and needs to depend upon you, Lord, in the situation rather than do it their own way, Lord, may today be the day. And, oh, Lord, if there's one that needs to come to know you, a Savior, Lord, may today be the day. And, oh, Lord, if there, if there's one who's made the turn away from you and is walking away from you, Lord, and is trusting in their own way, oh, blessed Spirit, would you bring quick, would you bring sudden conviction to that heart and show them what they're doing? Reveal the lies of the enemy, Lord, and bring them to yourself. And, oh, Lord, may you be glorified in the midst of your people as we turn our hearts to you. In Jesus' precious name, Amen.